it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Well, well, well. Did you look who made it back to New York alive, which is where we are coming to you live from. It is the greatest country in the world. We are broadcasting, of course, from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, a guy who is not the governor of Arizona. We don't know who is the governor of Arizona because they're still not done counting the votes. This is total crap. This is embarrassing. We're going to discuss it with Florida Representative Byron Donalds, who won his election in one night, I might add. Uh Uh, Former Congressman Sean Duffy from the great state of Wisconsin in the House, as well as your fine self at 888-788-9910. We are back on the East Coast. But the rules to the program remain in place. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. All we ask is that you don't be a <laughs> Happy Monday, everybody. I just got off the television with the great Bill Hemmer and Dana Perino. Uh, if you missed it, we posted on the Fox Across America Facebook page. It is also in my Twitter feed, at Jimmy Fela. Uh, but a quick word of thanks to everyone in the Tyler Longview area. If you came out to that meet and greet, Friday night in Longview. That was uh, it was like a life-changing experience for me, Jenny, and Lincoln. We were so overwhelmed and humbled by the size of the turnout. Uh, it was stunning. I mean, I think the – I've been kidding. I think, I think the line to meet Lincoln was like an hour long. It was insane. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. And Jenny Fallon was holding court, and we got all kinds of books and challenge coins. Somebody even gifted me a, a cannonball. What the hell did you just say? I'm not kidding. I had a cannonball that I brought back. Shout out to the Johnson family that we brought back with us here to New York, which, by the way, getting into – the airport at DFW on Saturday morning, Jenny uh, has my cannonball, an actual Civil War cannonball, in her purse going through security. They throw out the eight-ounce bottle of Poland Spring, but they let her keep the cannonball. That's stupid. Use your common sense. It is insane. Okay, when you really think about that, ah, water, no, but a weapon of war, a 25-pound cannonball, now that's come right this way. I mean, it's really crazy that we're in the position that we're in. But if you happen to be in Texas this week and you were part of that insanity, I really do mean it. Um, I I don't have words for that one. I mean, we were blown away. Uh, There was so many of you. You were so wonderful. You made fun of me and my jackets and my clothes. My favorite part of the women who come up to me and they're like, wow, you're not as fat as you make it sound like. Like I don't is that a compliment? I don't really know. Every time somebody tells me I the camera doesn't do, do me justice on TV, you're basically telling me that I don't look any good on TV. <laughs> we don't care. Me and Jenny and Lincoln laughed about it uh all the way home, but it really was probably in the history of the Fala family, forty eight of the wildest hours we've ever known. It was wall to wall insanity. So if you were a part of that, my humblest thanks uh from up here in New York, where I am thankful. Thankfully, home for my own safety, because, again, uh, Texans do not know the difference between hospitality and a hazing ritual. Okay, hospitality. I'm going to buy you a beer, Jimmy. I like your show. A hazing ritual. 
I'm going to buy you 35 beers, Jimmy. I like your show. That can't be good. Not good at all. So we ran for our lives. We beat feet out of Texas, but it was. It was wall-to-wall madness. Thank you for everybody who was a part of it. Of course, there's no greater form of madness in this country right now than what's going on in Arizona. And let me be very clear, man. I said this on Friday. I will continue to say it until we get an answer in this race. This is happening to the detriment of everybody. Everybody. Okay, we in this democracy. Okay, yes, we live in a constitutional republic. But if you want to talk about protecting democracy, oh, we got to protect democracy. Okay, you know what we got to do to protect democracy? We got to speed up the count. Bingo. Nothing engenders, okay, distrust, concern, you know, more than us sitting here six full days after an election and not knowing who won in Arizona. And let me make the point uh, on a simplified level, okay? Because a lot of liberals, and I'm not here to chastise you, you are my teammate. I am not a activist. I am a talk show host. Activism, it, you know, takes energy. I got to go to rallies. I got to protest. I don't care. These politicians are supposed to work for us. We're the employers. They're supposed to do our bidding. Okay, when you have a vote count that takes over a week, are you doing the bidding of the American people? The answer would be no. Not even a little bit. Okay, and this is the point I make to people on the left who aren't outraged by this. You're not outraged because in a lot of instances you went to bed on election night and you were losing. You woke up a few days later and you were winning. So you're like, wow, this uh, this mail in thing, this must be good for me. Wrong. Not good for you. Okay, believe me, if there comes a day where a Republican goes to bed on election night down by five points and a week later he's somehow up by two because votes keep coming in and votes keep coming in and votes keep coming in. Every single member of the Democratic Party is going to be starting a war in the streets. And you want to know something? I'm not advocating for violence, but I'm saying the fact that you'd be upset is justified. Okay, there's no world at a time when we have such a heightened distrust in the other political party that anybody should be okay with a state that has, say, oh, I don't know, 7 million voters, counting them over the course of a week when the place I just left, Texas, happened to get them all counted in one day. Texas in one day, they were counting those votes with a beer in one hand and a ballot in the other, and they still got them done in one day, and they still got them accurate. But we go out to Nevada, we go out to Arizona, Eh, smoke if you got them. We'll count them when we count them. I'm telling you, it's bad for all of us. And my job as a talk show host is to kind of prioritize the greater good. It's not to get Republicans elected. I don't care, okay, who runs the country. If they do a good job, if the rising tide lifts all boats, me, Jenny, Lincoln, our extended family, we're winning. America's doing good. We're doing good. Okay, but in this instance, America is not doing good. Because people really, really are sowing the seeds of distrust in the legitimacy of some of these elections. And it's not because they're election deniers and they want to overthrow democracy. No, I'm talking about objective observers who've watched 48 states around the country get their votes in on time and watch the last two. Ah, we'll get to them when we get to them. You know, it reminds me of that old Midas commercial where – Guy's complaining because his car's not fixed yet. He calls down to the garage, and the guy who runs the garage goes, I got my three best guys on it. Don't worry about it. 
and you cut out the window, and it's three guys literally on it. They're sitting on the guy's car eating sandwiches. One guy's having a Coke. The other guy's smoking a cigarette. That's Arizona right now. Don't worry about the vote count. I got my three best guys on it. Yeah, they're literally sitting on top of a machine. One guy's kicking his feet. The other guy's eating a hoagie. This is embarrassing, okay, and we deserve better as the American people. But here is Bill Gates, okay, the Maricopa County Elections Chair, saying it's very standard for it to take this long. No, it's not. Clip six. Why is it taking the amount of time it's taking? A lot of people are talking about this. Well, first of all, it's very standard. This is how things work in Arizona and have for decades. And this is due in part because of mail-in voting, and Recorder Richard's going to talk about that more. But I told this group... Uh, that we anticipated 90 to 95 percent, or sorry, 95 to 99 percent of the ballots to be counted by Friday. That's tomorrow. But I'm here to tell you the goalposts have changed. Stop lying to us. Okay, seriously, the goalposts have changed? You suck. The goalposts have changed? Dude, that is clown stuff. Okay, the goalposts aren't supposed to change, okay? You're supposed to vote. You're supposed to find out who won. You're supposed to move on with your life. And I'm not saying this because a Republican is losing in Arizona. I'm saying this because America is losing in Arizona. Okay, Carrie Lake is probably going to lose to Katie Hobbs. Katie Hobbs didn't debate Carrie Lake. She ran on an absurd platform of, you know, we won't define any limits on abortion. We're not out there making any effort to police the border or the fentanyl crisis that's become the leading cause of death for American adults in this country. But Carrie Lake is an extremist, so vote for me. There's no enthusiasm for Katie Hobbs. Now, it's not to say she couldn't win legitimately. But the point is the people who feel maligned on the Carrie Lake side of town, if they sit through eight days, 10 days, and finally lose this election, they're not going to trust the outcome. And I can't tell you that I blame them. Because let's be very clear, if this was going on in a red state and the election took eight days and the Democrat wound up losing again and again and again, the Democrats would be mad. You would be absolutely positively furious. That's true. That is true. So let's not sit here and sound like this is some, you know, crazy Republican. I'm just getting mad to get mad. Okay, this is me trying to say to everyone listening, you are not my enemies. You are not my enemy. If you don't agree with me, the way America works, e pluribus unum, out of many, one. Okay, means we're all free range chickens. Believe what you want to believe. Okay, love who you love, worship who you worship, get on with your life. I don't care. But when push comes to shove, the greater good of this country as a whole forces us to put country over party. We're not doing that anymore. And the entire trust in our democratic process is taking a major backseat to that partisan pugilism that everybody seems to be fine with in this moment because they're getting their way in Arizona. But here's a newsflash, man. Whenever we get an answer on this one way or the other, it's tomorrow or it's Wednesday, whoever winds up winning Arizona eight days after we started pulling voting levers, the real loser will be America. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Not done counting on election day. More mail-in votes are on the way. Looks like 
looks like the Dems are screwed, Dems are screwed, but they'll say, must keep counting on election day, Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon back in New York, where I will be for the next 48 hours. And we're saddling up the show pony, sending him down to Florida for the Patriot Awards. We'll be at the Hard Rock Hotel down in Hollywood, Florida, Wednesday through Friday, if you want to come by. Help me fish my producer out of the fountain in the lobby. You know, Mikey does it in open bar. Good goodness. What a mess. Uh, nothing messier than the Republican Party right now. Uh, the big scuttlebutt is that they're going to hold elections on party leadership before, before the Georgia special election runoff, meaning everybody, whether it's Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, everybody in the upper echelons of the party is guilty of exactly what they're criticizing Donald Trump of doing. You know, last week we spent a lot of time saying, hey, Trump shouldn't announce at least not until Herschel Walker's situation is played out because Trump obviously hurts Republicans down in Georgia where he's not very popular. Brian Kemp ran without Trump's help and won going away. You know, there are certain states where, you know, you could love Donald Trump, and that's fine. I'm not telling you not to love Donald Trump uh, one way or the other. But the point is there are certain states where he does hurt the Republican Party and, over, you know, overshadows the contest. But everybody in leadership last week who was like, Trump should hold off. He should wait till after the special election is done. All of those same people are getting ready to have their own elections. That's just how white folks will do you. It's madness. Okay, so... You know, it really has turned into a bag of cats on the right, and I've been trying to sort it out and make sense of it. Uh, we'll certainly be taking your calls as the show goes on today, 888-788-9910. But the only election that I really care about right now is the one that isn't over yet, because this is absurd. I'm going to give you this Carrie Lake clip. And I want to be clear. The way it's trending right now, Carrie Lake's probably going to lose. Everything she says in this soundbite is correct in terms of the need to reform the way we collect the votes and we get them counted in a timely fashion. Sadly, if she doesn't win, nothing's going to change in the state of Arizona because Katie Hobbs and the Democrats are fine with it. Here it is, clip five. 
I think of it as a sacred vote, and it's being trampled the way we run our elections in Arizona. I've been sounding the alarm for two years. Nothing got done. Very little got done last legislative session, and we need to get in there and restore faith in our elections. We can't be the laughing stock of elections anymore here in Arizona. And when I'm governor, I will not allow it. I just won't. This incompetency or maladministration is outrageous. And I think the the good thing is that more people are waking up to the fact that Arizona. Arizona has real troubles when it comes to elections. But well, I'm willing to wait until every vote is counted. And basically what she's saying is... No, 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 you're doing it all wrong. You're doing it all wrong. Okay, she'll wait till every vote is counted, and then she'll get labeled, oh, you know, you're an election denier, you're undermining faith in democracy, you know, by all the same people who said the 2016 election was stolen. Democrats are so full of crap. They really are. But in this moment... I want you to understand. I've said it a lot on Friday. I'm going to say it a lot, okay, going forward. We as Americans, Americans, we're the employers. We are the – it's up to us who we hire and send to Washington, which means it is also up to us what the hiring process should look like. Right now in several blue states, we have a flawed hiring process that a lot of people are going to have a hard time buying into. So when I get on the show and I tell you this is a safe space for everybody, whatever their beliefs happen to be, this is tantamount to that mission. This is the most critical aspect to creating a place, a radio forum, where everybody can feel heard and welcome and feel like we all have a voice in the huddle. Okay, I can do that on this show I can, you know, desire doing that on this show because I have a goal. Okay, when I got into talk radio, I took a look out and said, wow, the world's on fire, Jimbo. What are you going to contribute to this fire? Are you going to put it out? No, I don't even know how. I always say what we're doing on this show is roasting radio marshmallows. I always say what? Fox Across America is political pop culture. We cover the heaviest stories in the news every day, but we kind of have a good time doing it because here's a news flash: Everybody in the world is on the verge of snapping. We're all Michael Douglas in the movie Falling Down. And when we hear somebody disagrees with us politically, we're like, oh, that's it. What do you mean? I'm a Republican. Oh, wait, what? You're a Democrat? I'm a Republican. You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. And that's how it goes down. It's 3 o'clock high. You and me are going to fight at 3 o'clock when the bell rings. It's not supposed to be that way. Do you understand? Okay, the issues we're fighting over in this country have not changed. Okay, the way we're fighting over them has. And it's a big liability for everybody. So you're going to hear a lot about it on this show in the coming days because we actually do need to do something. The problem now is everybody is such a prisoner of the moment when it comes to the current news climate, you know, climate, because it's so omnipotent in our lives. You're getting notifications on your phone. They're on Facebook. They're on Twitter. You're looking at the news at the gas pump. You're looking at the news when you go to a urinal in a restaurant. It's everywhere you go. Okay, and you don't feel like you can escape it until the second you do. And then we move on without ever addressing the thing that was a priority. I'm telling you because I care. We need to do something about the vote count. So we're not all on the verge of fighting at the flagpole at three o'clock. That's my campaign gift to you. Let's back it up.
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The Democrats taking a bit of a victory lap over the weekend after losing the House of Representatives. That was embarrassing. The Republicans, if you're joining us, have clinched by a slim majority. It looks like it's going to be about 219 to 216 in the House of Representatives. Again, not the red wave that any pollster had predicted. Nonetheless, they took the gavel away from Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi is a total dingbat. So you have to look at it as an exercise in addition by subtraction, if for no other reason than because they can block the Democrat agenda uh, as far as Biden codifying things like Roe versus Wade, which Biden was forced to address a little while ago. Okay, the president met with Xi Jinping today over uh, in China. I don't remember that ever happening. Well, where were they specifically? I'm not. Let me make sure I get that right. Biden's been all over the place. They were in Egypt. They were in Bali. He met with Xi Jinping in Bali. I do kind of pride myself on an accurate talk show. It's one of the joys of listening to me. Uh, And Biden uh, talked about Roe versus Wade. Now, this is significant because if you remember heading into the midterms, he said what? Well, if you let us hold on to the House and the Senate. The first thing I'll do is codify Roe versus Wade. He just flat out admitted in Bali they don't have the votes. Here's clip 28. I don't think they can expect much of anything other than we're going to maintain our positions. I'm not going to get into more questions. I shouldn't even answer your question. No, no, I don't think that. I, I, I don't think there's enough votes to codify unless something happens unusual in the house i think we're going to get very close in the house but i don't i think it's going to be very close but i don't think we're going to make it see that shut up fool okay like a lot of promises that were made on the front end of the election well we're going to forgive all your student loans okay courts striking that down it's not going to happen well we're going to lower the price of gas through strategic petroleum reserves They're basically about to stop releasing. They never should have been releasing those barrels in the first place because they're reserved for what? An act of God. You know, if Mother Nature or birthing person nature debilitates our production capacity, we have strategic petroleum reserve. If we're in, you know, a time of war and we have some type of monstrous logistical hiccup, we have a strategic petroleum reserve. We don't actually have one for low poll numbers, but they have decimated these reserves, gotten them to the lowest point since 1980. And sadly, we're about to stop releasing them, which is good from in terms of, you know, bolstering the reserves. But it's bad in terms of your, you know, price at the pump because gas is about to go flying back up. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. But like a lot of things that were promised before the election, you understand. Oh, Roe versus Wade. Oh, low gas prices. Oh, student loans. The minute the election is over. You ain't getting any of that stuff. This is politics as usual. Now, I could have told you that on the front end. Biden going into this, and it's the reason people are as shocked as they are on the left and as disappointed and freaked out as they are on the right. Everyone's internal polling had the Democrats losing everything known to man in the midterms. They're going to lose the Senate. They're going to lose the House. Okay, Nate Silver, who is the left-wing polling god at 538, had the Democrats with over a 75% chance of losing the Senate and the House. So when they got on the air on election night and started lecturing you about election deniers and threats to democracy and the people on the right, it's because they expected to lose. Okay, well, lo and behold, they did a lot lot better than they thought. 
defying conventional wisdom because the incumbent party always loses seats. Now, understand in this instance, Biden is historically unpopular. The guy's real clear politics average was 40 percent going into election night. And the Republicans held 20 point leads on the three key issues shaping the race in most states, which was the economy, okay, crime and the border. Now, in some blue states, abortion did crack the top three. But in no state did climate change, which was a big component of the Democratic agenda, even crack the top five. Yet with all the issues leaning in the direction of the Republicans, with a guy in power by the name of Joe Biden who nobody wanted to run with, okay, no one was out there campaigning with Biden. You know, he made a last-minute stop here in New York with Kathy Hochul. Who cares? They sent him down to Florida, which is a pretend assignment. Guy's about to lose by 20 points. They weren't expecting Biden to swing the election one way or the other. Okay, and yes, he made a last-second appearance out in Pennsylvania, where, to be honest with you, he doesn't look that (laughs) out of step when he's campaigning on the same stage as John Fetterman. I mean, you know, with all due respect and consideration to their health, because they're but for the grace of God go I, the point is you don't look at either man and go, yeah, these guys are pretty sharp. No, no, these, these guys, these guys are on top of it, okay? That's not the case. But the Democrats in a post-midterm world where they've held on to the Senate defying the odds, where they've just lost the House by the slimmest, the slimmest of margins, still want you to believe this was a victory and it belongs to Joe Biden. Come on, don't bullshit me. This is Elizabeth Warren, Elizabeth Warren, who took time out of her busy schedule of getting embarrassed on 23andMe DNA tests to say that this victory belongs to Joe Biden. Clip one. Donald Trump, with his preening and his, uh, his selection of truly awful candidates, didn't do his party any favors, but this victory belongs to Joe Biden. It belongs to Joe Biden and the Democrats who got out there and fought for working people. The things we did were important and popular. Remember, right after Joe Biden was sworn in, all of the economists and the pundits in his ear who were saying, go slow, go small, Joe Biden didn't listen to them. And in fact, he went big. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Yet Joe Biden went big. He gaslit the country on race, took the Major League All-Star game and $100 million worth of commerce out of Atlanta, Georgia, second biggest black metropolitan area in the country, moved it out to Denver to a Democratic-run state on the premise that voter ID, voter ID was Jim Crow on steroids. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia. Now understand, the Jim Crow on steroids that he's referring to resulted in the biggest early voting turnout in the history of the state of Georgia. You, you dig? I don't know what you know about Jim Crow. I'm not exactly a historical, you know, like a scholar over here. But Jim Crow wasn't exactly big on voter turnout. Uh, it was actually the opposite, if you're keeping score at home. But he shamelessly gaslit the country on race. In terms of going big, yes, they did spend us into oblivion with a $1.9 trillion infrastructure bill passed off as an American rescue plan under the guise of COVID relief. 9% of the money went towards COVID. What a fraud. Never mind that if you look at, like, the San Francisco Fed, they are not exactly Mar-a-Lago monthly out there in San Francisco. 
But they said the American Rescue Plan was the trigger that caused the inflation in this country. So, yes, he did go big, but in a, you know, not in a productive sense. He went he went big. Yes, spent a lot of money, made some big moves. But in terms of actually helping the country, it was completely the opposite. I agree with that. Okay, so understand. Biden was historically unpopular. If him going big was a good thing. okay, he would have been campaigning in every key battleground race. He was not. But Elizabeth Warren, Nancy Pelosi, they recognize in a post-midterm world where Biden, to his credit, has exceeded expectations. They're now trying to sell you on the notion that Biden could be the nominee in 2024. They're crazy. They're not crazy. They know better. They're just shameless. They're trying to consolidate power while they still have it in Washington. And, of course, Nancy Pelosi, who's about to lose her gavel in the House, probably going to retire But, you know, she's going to go down doing what she does best, which is rallying the Democratic cause. To her credit, you can hate Nancy Pelosi. I'm not a big fan of her, you know, her politics. She's really good at her job. And she's been passing legislation in Washington uh, basically since George Washington uh, with slim majorities. And she gets it done and she corrals her party and whips them into shape. Understand. For all of the people in the squad that are there to shake the cage and we're revolutionaries and we're going to do our own thing. At the end of the day, the Ayanna Presleys, the Ilhan Omars of the world, they all wind up voting whichever way Pelosi tells them to. Even celebrity Instagram chef turned Congresswoman AOC does exactly what Nancy Pelosi tells her to. AOC is a dope. So when Pelosi gets on the TV, she's on this week with George Stephanopoulos yesterday and starts talking about Biden. Biden running again, understand this is the play being sent into the Democratic huddle. And if Pelosi says, yeah, he should run again, guess what? They're going to get in line behind him, no matter how dumb of an idea it seems to you or me. Here's clip 11. So do you think President Biden should run again? Uh, Yes, I do. President Biden has been a great president for our country. He has accomplished so much. Uh, 10 million jobs, over 10 million jobs under his leadership, working with the private sector, of course. Uh, He has uh, just done so many things that are so great. Oh, my goodness gracious. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. Yo, Joe Biden has created 10 million jobs? (laughs) Understand the difference between job creation and job recovery. I've said this before. Job creation is, oh, I created a new job. Congratulations, take your gig, get to work. Job recovery is, oh, we had a pandemic. We shut down entire sectors of our economy. Couldn't go on a cruise, couldn't fly on a plane, couldn't go to a ball game. Okay, you weren't going on tours, you weren't sightseeing, you weren't traveling, you weren't going to restaurants, you weren't going to movies, you weren't going to the theater. Okay, all of those jobs got eliminated by the pandemic. Now, when the society reopened and the economy reclaimed those jobs, okay, they weren't new jobs. They were the same old jobs. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, I've made the analogy a million times. If my lovely wife, Jenny Fela, throws me out of the house two weeks later, we apologize. We set her an edible arrangement. You can always bribe your way to Jenny's heart through food. She's like me. Food is all we have in this world. Okay, you get Jenny some good chocolate-covered strawberries or something, she's fine. You're back in the house. I don't get to claim that I got a new house because I'm not in a new house. I'm in the old one. Oh, you're right. 
And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. So the point is, when Nancy Pelosi says, well, Joe Biden deserves to run again, he created 10 million new jobs. She's lying. So that's the case for him running again is that he lied about job creation. Elizabeth Warren's case for him running again is what? That he went big? Yeah, we're in a big mess. The economy has inflation at a 40-year high. That's big. Gas prices are $1.40 higher than the day he took office. That's big. We just broke an all-time record. For illegal border crossings, that's huge. We're in a big mess when it comes to foreign policy right now because we spent our way through the $40 billion plateau over in Ukraine. We're being told it's the root of all economic evil, which would make you think we'd be doing more to end the war. But no, instead, we're in a big mess. And the truth is, is Biden's out there shaking hands with invisible people, getting the country he's in wrong like he did yesterday with Cambodia, calling it Colombia, speaking to dead people as he did with Jackie Walorski. The only job Joe Biden... Biden's going to have in 2024, midterm success aside, is he's going to be a very successful sleep aid to anybody who needs help knocking off. If you're having trouble sleeping, ask your doctor about Bidenica, the sleep aid made from 100% Joe Biden press conference. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you, that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway... Bidenica has a patented blend of confusion and forgetfulness that will calm the most overactive brains. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, I mean, you think about it. When they sold out American jobs and killed the Keystone Pipeline, it kept me up all night worrying about how we pay our bills. But then I got Bidenica. And I've never slept better. Sometimes when I get hopped up on sugar, my parents give me Bidenica so I pass out. Other times they give it to me during the day, probably so they can do the deed. Gross. Warning. People who have used Bidenica have experienced rapid lying and an inability to secure the southern border. Others have hallucinated and fought breakfast cereals. Corn pop was a bad dude. Ask your doctor if Bidenica is right for you. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Getting back on the road to do some stand-up in December. Uh, Friday night, December 9th. Saturday night, December 10th. I will be at the Bricktown Comedy Club in Oklahoma City. Hey, girl, if you want to get tickets... BricktownComedy.com. If you're listening on KRMG up in Tulsa, get on down to OKC, hang out with your radio buddy. If you're listening on the Eagle in Oklahoma City, this is a home game. No excuses. Let's go. These tickets make a phenomenal Christmas gift if your family happens to be Fox News fans. Also a very good April Fool's gift if your family happens to like CNN. Get them some tickets. Send them out to see Jimmy Fallon. They'll be like, hey, this ain't CNN. CNN is the worst. Is it ever? Uh, Also going to be on the road the following weekend. I will be at the Summit City Comedy Club in Fort Wayne, Indiana. That is Friday night, December the 16th. Saturday night, December the 17th. You can come hang out with your radio buddy in Fort Wayne. It's going to be a wild one. Tickets for that at SummitCityComedy.com. Now, joining us now on the program, a man who has survived a Fox Across America meet and greet down in Texas. Mike is the guy I took a picture with on Friday. Yo, Mike. Hey, hey, how you doing? How that was, I just, on behalf of the Fela family, thank you. That was unforgettable. What an insane event that was. 
Well, you know, I don't know if you remember me. I'm the little guy and yep. Papa teacher. I remember you. Weren't you a tunnel rat in Nam? Oh, yes, I was. Thank you. So me and Lincoln talked about you all the way home because Lincoln saw you too, or at least heard you talking. Did you get to meet Lincoln or was he just rattling down drinks at the bar? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. That sounds like you were rattling them down at the bar. But Mike, that was for us, like, honestly, one of the funniest nights of our lives. Like, the, the, the enormity of the crowd, and everybody was funny and kind of busted my chops, what I loved. But you, my friend, you're a hero, dude. And uh, I want you to get more airtime than just the two minutes we have to talk on the phone, because I think you have a really fascinating story, man. Well, I, I did, I've, I've been shot in the head, and I've been. I've had malaria twice. Sheesh. Nobody likes got, a show-off, pal. Well, you know, <laughs> I just... There's a lot, you know, that, that I know about, about mm. underground. Yep. And we would go underground, and we would just come up someplace. We didn't know where. There yeah. were three of us. Mm -hmm. And my two buddies, are, of course, they passed away now. They had Agent Orange. Mm -hmm. Oh, jeez, that's and, crazy. I played with that Agent Orange out in the jungle, mm -hmm. but I never did get the Agent Orange. Uh, you, they did. Yeah, that's crazy, and I'm, I'm sorry to hear that about your buddies. But, you know, they can't stop a guy like you, Mike. You're unstoppable. Well, that's what a lot of, that's what the doctors told me. <laughs> I said, I said, <laughs> but I, they said, well, they said, we can tell you are a Marine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you, I really related to your story about going underground and not knowing where you were going to come up next, because that's kind of how the New York City subway works. We go underground. The next time we come up, we're getting shot at and attacked again. Right. So I was in New York City once. <laughs> and, well, I, I say once. It was twice. I drove a truck into New York City down into the Bronx. Uh-huh. Taking a load of pipe down there. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. I was happy to get out of it. I was going to say, if it was the Bronx in the 80s, you might have felt like you were in combat again. It was real dicey back then. Um, right. Mike, I really enjoyed not only talking to you Friday, but again today. I'm going to lose you to a commercial break, but keep being a friend of the show, man. You were a big hit with Lincoln and Jenny, uh, and I think you're just swell. So call back in soon, okay, brother man? Okay, I will. I'll call back in. Let's do it. Have a great day. There goes the legendary Mike. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are fired up. we got a big hour coming up on this show. Byron Donalds, superstar representative from the 17th Congressional District of Florida. He just won re-election, uh, but he is not happy about the fact that the votes still aren't done being counted in other elections. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! We'll try to calm him down. He also wants to weigh in on the fact that Republican Party leadership starting to plow through with their own leadership votes, this despite the fact that we still haven't figured out who the Senate representative is going to be in the great state of Georgia. Meaning last week, people were yelling, I think rightfully so, about Donald Trump potentially launching his campaign before the Herschel Walker, Raphael Warnock runoff election. Uh, now we're being told by a lot of those same Republican leaders, hey, well, we've got a plow full stream ahead. And uh, a lot of people aren't happy. And we're going to discuss it in this hour. 
888-900-9910. You know the rules. I say them to the point of exhaustion. You can sing along right now in the car, the truck. I mean, let's be honest. If you're listening to me, you can sing along right now in the meth lab. <laughs> be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a That is all. So let's jump in here on this because I wanted to talk about it because I thought it was significant. Okay, we got a lot of drama in the Republican Party. Of course, they didn't get the blue wave they wanted. And there's all this sideshow fighting going on over whether it was Trump's fault. Listen, I'll tell you whose fault it was. Okay, it was everybody's fault. You know how they say, you know, success is a million fathers. Failure is an orphan. Okay, nobody wants to own this failure. Okay, but the truth is they all owe a little bit of, you know, you can I can tell you this. Okay, Trump hurts Republicans in places like Pennsylvania. Okay, Trump hurts Republicans in places like Georgia. Okay, he does. That's just reality. But understand that Mitch McConnell, by not, you know, funding key races in places like, oh, I don't know, Arizona, maybe New Hampshire. Okay, Mitch McConnell hurts the Republicans just about the most because they got outspent by about five to one. You know, I was reading you the stats on Friday. You know, you understand when the Democrats go out and spend $73 million on somebody like Mark Kelly, who's already a name. He is an incumbent. He is difficult to beat, okay, on paper as it is. But when you get two or three months of just destroying a guy like Blake Masters on TV every day, okay, by the time the voting begins, okay, in person, you've already had early voting for a month where they've been flooded with so many negative ads that, you know, the bed's kind of made for all intents and purposes. Blake Masters never had a chance. Okay, I interviewed him once on this show. I found him to be affable and funny. Um, You know, he's top-selling author of all time when it comes to business startups in this country. He wrote a book about starting a business that I actually believe should be required reading if you're trying to start a business in this country because it really speaks to the efficiency of small businesses at a time when there's so much inefficiency you know, thrown upon them by the people in Washington, D.C. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. And that really was the master's M.O., which is less government, more freedom. You'll have a fighting chance in this world. But, of course, he was tainted by his association with Trump, successfully branded an election denier, and lo and behold, he wound up losing. But understand, Mitch McConnell played a big role in that. But here is Mitch McConnell as we speak. They're trying to plow ahead with leadership votes in the Senate, okay, with leadership votes in the House. And I got to tell you, man, nothing, nothing that Donald Trump does will undermine Herschel Walker in Georgia half as much as the Republicans holding a leadership vote without him. He knows what he's talking about. I mean, the big charge by the Democrats, they keep saying Herschel Walker's dumb. This isn't a serious candidate. The Republicans only nominated him because they needed a black candidate, which I think is racist. I think it's reductive. I think it's disgusting. But nothing feeds into that stereotype harder than, hey, Herschel, adults are talking. You go have your little special election in December. In the meantime, we're going to vote right now because we don't really care what you have to say. I mean, I got to be honest with you. That looks ridiculous. I admire your honesty. Okay, you should because not a lot of people want to call it out. Okay, the one advantage you have listening to the show every day, it's two advantages, really. One is this is a very empowering show. If you listen to me for three hours, you leave believing that you yourself could have a nationally syndicated talk show. You're like, well, if that idiot could have one, 
I mean, you could train an ape to have one. If that's the case, I should probably have one. And you leave this show feeling better about your own purpose in life because you're like, hey, if Jimmy Fallon can do it, so can I. Okay, but the other advantage is I don't care politically. I do not care. Yes, I lean to the right unapologetically so, but I don't get on the air being like, well, I better not say that because it's going to put the Republicans in a bind. Screw the Republicans. They work for me. I don't owe them some type of a defense. Okay, I owe you. My obligation is to you. Fox employs me to be a a talk show host and hopefully an entertaining one at that. Okay, and I owe them my best effort every day. And I owe you what I say every day. Okay, honesty, transparency. I am in the perspective business. I spent 15 hours a day driving a cab for most of my adult life. When I get on the air, I am analyzing and distilling politics through the lens of people like me who have struggled so hard for so long to get where they want to be. I have a real appreciation for issues on the ground. Okay, speaking to that reality when it comes to Senate leadership right now, the people that are vying to take hold or keep hold in McConnell's class are people who could care less about you. They want power. That's what they're in the market of. That's what they want. So understand where we are right now. Kevin McCarthy is the only candidate that's declared as candidacy for House Speaker. Okay, but now we're getting reports that Andy Biggs, who was on our show Friday, is considering launching his own challenge to McCarthy. Now, Biggs on Friday, if you heard that interview, I don't think we've ever had a more uncomfortable lawmaker on the air on this show. And me and Biggs always yuck it up. We make fun of each other. I make fun of him. But when I asked him about Donald Trump, I said, hey, should Donald Trump launch his presidential campaign before the the Herschel Walker runoff? Biggs said no. Big said, absolutely not. There's a slob. There's a real slob. But I honestly, I admired his honesty because you're starting to see – People in the Republican Party get it, okay? One of the things they're getting is that the voters, okay, the people on the ground who employ them want things done the right way. The country is a mess right now. The Republican Party had every advantage known to man going into the midterms, and they wildly underachieved. We want accountability for that. We don't want to plow forward just because, well, we like Trump, so plow forward, overshadow the runoff. Oh, we like the Republican Party, so let's not call out Mitch McConnell. Let's not call out you know, Kevin McCarthy. Hell no. They work for us. So I think Andy Biggs was a genius for having the guts to say what he said. Get him out of here. Get him out. Okay, so not everybody agrees. Okay, but here it is. The Freedom Caucus, led by Biggs, is insisting on certain changes to the procedures before they would anoint McCarthy the House Speaker. Okay, the caucus chair, Scott Perry, said there's a point of leverage in these leadership votes. We want to have a conversation devoid of the politics about who's leading on how the House should operate, how legislation should pass. So they're saying to McCarthy, hey, you need our vote, but you're not going to get it without some substantive changes. Now you're getting that call from Marco Rubio. I read you his tweet on Friday. He said Senate GOP leadership vote next week should be postponed. First, we need to make sure that those who want to lead us are genuinely committed to fighting for the priorities and values of the working Americans who give us big wins in states like Florida. And what is Rubio saying? He's saying, hey, I mean, I don't know. He's not directly speaking to the fact that he could become your Senate majority leader. Uh, Not that we have one because they don't have a majority, but he could at the very least be a minority leader. And why? Because they're sick of McConnell's leadership. McConnell has delivered again and again and again for who? Mitch McConnell. But when it comes to the American people, the Republicans, okay, are in a really tough spot right now because if they don't deliver for the American people, which is who they work for, okay, they don't have a shot, okay, in 2024, whether the nominee is Trump or DeSantis or Tim Scott or Kanye or anybody in between. Okay, here is Rick Scott in Florida to his credit. 
okay, saying we should not hold these elections yet. It's clip nine. Well, first off, it doesn't make any sense. What is our plan? Why, what are we running on? What do we stand for? What are we hell-bent to get done? What we, you, know, you know, there's no plan to do that. The leadership in the Republican Senate says, we know you cannot have a plan. We're just going to run against how bad the Democrats are. And actually, then they cave into the Democrats. They want to rush through an election because, you know, they don't want to do any assessment of what we've done wrong. Insanity is doing the exact same thing and thinking you're going to get a different result. We won't. I mean, listen, I, I applaud him for that. I applaud the people in the Republican Party who are trying to slow the role of leadership. Okay, it does matter. It's worth commending because what does leadership do? Leadership doles out committee assignments. Leadership connects you with lobbyist groups and fancy lunches at Cafe Milano and all the prestige that people chase in politics, all roads to it go through leadership. So people being willing to speak up for leadership, okay, people putting substance over, well, you know, we don't want to, Upset the apple cart by sh- sowing seeds of disarray in our party. No, now is exactly when you upset the apple cart. You just underachieved an election. You got two years next till the next one. If you don't clean up your act now, when the hell are you gonna? Okay, here's Ron Johnson coming off a narrow win in Wisconsin, saying the same thing. We should not be holding these elections right now. Clip eight. It'd be preposterous to hold elections before we even know that we have a senator from Georgia or who our senator from last is going to be. You know, we need to do a real assessment of, of what went wrong. You know, the last two years we had, as you put up in, in, on a graphic there, we had a number of our colleagues join Democrats, uh, spending like uh, drunken sailors. We need to have thorough discussions internally. And as I w- talked to my colleagues before I left town, if I survived re-election, we need a different governing model for our conference that's far more collaborative, that is more business-like. So listen, he's not wrong. The idea right now that you haven't even settled the race. Yes, we know the Republicans are going to be in the minority in the Senate. We know they're going to be in a slim majority in the House. But the big allegation last week is, well, you can't overshadow this runoff election. Nothing diminishes this runoff election in stature. Like saying the guy who happens to be the candidate doesn't get a vote. Dude, that's crazy. So on one end, you're going to tell everybody in the state of Georgia you need to elect Herschel Walker. But on the other end, you're going to sit Herschel Walker at the kitty table. Doesn't that kind of confirm all the allegations of what people think of Herschel's intellect? I think he's got a point. Yeah, and it's a damn good one. And the point is, everybody in Republic leadership needs to get their heads out of their... A show so good, it's hard to describe. It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as, and, uh, you know. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to Byron Donalds in the next break from the great state of Florida, one of the few places Republicans were successful on election night. By successful, I mean uh, met or exceeded expectations across the country. Of course, it was a good night. They took back the House of Representatives, not so much in the Senate. Uh, There's been a lot of widespread debate on what's to blame. It's a lot of things, if you want to be clear, okay? Mitch McConnell underfunded a lot of key races simply to fund other candidates who suited his agenda. 
Yes, I can make the case that Trump's big appointments lost in a lot of key battleground states. But bigger than all of that is mail-in voting. Okay, the mail-in voting allowed Democrats to turn out the vote in a down year in a way that traditionally never would have happened. Understand, Barack Obama in 2010 lost more seats than anyone in the history of this country. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But understand, at the time he did that, his approval rating was pretty damn good. And within his party, it was astronomical. Okay, Joe Biden, consequently, was historically unpopular going into the midterms. Biden sucks. And despite the fact that nobody wanted to campaign with him, Biden actually wound up doing better than Obama. And we are to believe that was a legitimate thing. Don't be thick, all right? Okay, listen, I don't know one way or the other. Okay, I'm not here to cast aspersions on our democracy. I'm just here to tell you I'm really frustrated, as everyone should be, by the pace of the count out in Arizona. But the fallout after last week's election within the Republican Party created a little bit of a line in the sand between Trump and Ron DeSantis that we discussed at great length last week. And I was very open with you guys. Okay, Donald Trump has done a lot of great things for the country. I'm not telling you I wouldn't support him over any Democrat out there. I'm just telling you at a time when we have two years until the next election, we'd be a little silly if we just handed it over to Donald Trump, given that his approval rating, okay, is about 35 percent and the highest poll out there. It's about 65 percent negative on average, meaning you're trying in an election to win over about 50 percent of the electorate between 48 and 51 percent is what you walk away from this with, you know, holding. Okay, and you're going to attempt to do that with a guy who has already lost 65 percent of the electorate baked into the cake. It's going to be very hard to win that election. Doesn't make me anti-Trump. Okay, but what I'm trying to say, what I said last week at great length, what I'll say to you here now, is it's not about your opinion of Trump. It's not about my opinion of Trump. It's about the 65 percent of the country that aren't voting for him, no matter what you and me say. That makes him a big liability. So one of the conversations we were having is, do you make it a Trump thing? Do you make it a DeSantis thing? Do you make it a Tim Scott thing? I don't know. We got two years to figure it out. We only started talking about it because Trump is supposed to announce his campaign launch tomorrow. And in the lead up to that launch, he's started trashing guys who are considered presumptive Trump, you know, frontrunners in the Republican Party, okay, meaning Ron DeSantis and guys like Glenn Youngkin. So we didn't start this conversation. You know, the old Billy Joel, we didn't start the fire. It was always burning. We didn't start the fire, okay, but we're going to try to roast some marshmallows on it really quick before BD gets on. Joining us now down in Houston, Texas, Dennis is on the line. Yo, Dennis. Hi, how are you, Jimmy? Thank you for taking my call. Of course. I'm, I'm, uh, you, uh, I, I sort of have an order of protection against the state of Texas after how much booze yeah. they bought me and my family over the weekend. But uh, I, will, yeah. I will tolerate you because you're in Houston. You're a little further away. Yeah, well, I, uh, my wife and I made the trip up to Longview on Friday, and uh, oh. it was a pleasure to meet you, Jimmy. Oh, um, I didn't really know you were there, Dennis. Thanks for that. I, yeah, I'm the one uh, I told you I used to work at the plaza, and... Uh, Oh, uh, yeah. Probably in the back of your cab a few times. Oh, yes, Dennis. So, oh, my gosh. Because you said you're like, yeah, I used to work in the plaza. I was like, oh, you've seen some things. I remember yes, that conversation. Have, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, too cool. It was a pleasure. And you hit a real home run with Jenny Pella. Well, what a what a, a beautiful woman. And um, and uh, Lincoln, uh, it's a pleasure to meet them. Oh. Lincoln looks real good in your dinner jacket, by the way. <laughs> he, was, that. he was wearing my jacket better than me. I kind of resent it, to be honest with you, but I'll, I'll take the praise. Thank you for that. Very kind. Um, the, the day before, uh-huh. the day before, I'll tell you real quick, on Thursday, we were driving and we passed the Buckies. Uh-huh. I said, you know what? They probably never heard of Buckies in New York. 
I want to pick up this shirt and give it to Lincoln. Next thing I know, I'm driving up to Longview from Houston, and I hear you talking about your stop at Bucky's. It blew my mind. <laughs> Anyhow, I, I hope I hope Lincoln likes your T-shirt. Uh, Jimmy, I, I, I'm starting to get concerned. Um, I don't know what happened Thursday on your show. The guy you had something for you, but it seemed like 90% of the callers were saying, hey, it's time for Trump to move on. Jimmy, I, oh, boy. I'm an Irish Catholic raised in New York, and uh, Trump brought politics back to yes. people like me, a lifelong Democrat. Yep. And uh, um, my, my my heart is breaking. Um, I know. Should he make an announcement on, on Tuesday? Uh, I don't know the right answer, Jimmy. I don't know the right answer. Uh, um, but I, uh, I think boy, he should just let it breathe for a few weeks till the Senate race is over. The point a lot of people are making about moving on from Trump is not that he's not great or they don't love him. It's just that 70 percent of the country hates him and you can't win the election with 30 percent of the vote. No matter how much you like Trump, your vote only counts once because you're a Republican. It'd be one thing if you were a Democrat, you could vote two or three times or get your dead relatives to vote. But we're going to keep having this conversation because of guys like you who genuinely care. So, Dennis, you got a Bucky's coming on me when we come back. (laughs) Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Doing the damn thing in New York for 48 hours. Then we're back on the road again. We're going down to Hollywood, Florida. Going down to the Hard Rock for the Patriot Awards. I'll be doing the show live down there. Uh, all kinds of TV hits and Fox and Friends and Harris and everything in between. Uh, going to do a little stand-up comedy at the Patriot Awards. It's going to be a wild time. Uh, and I'm pumped up for that. It's always excited to get on the road and meet our people. And uh, again, I said this at the top of the show. If you happen to be at the KTBB events in Texas, either this Thursday at the Museum of Broadcasting in Kilgore, we were there this past Thursday, November the 10th, or you happen to be at Papacitas in Longview on November the 11th, those were, for not only myself but the Fela family, those were unforgettable events, like things we'll talk about and joke about and, you know, reference forever. We had such a good time. So I cannot thank all of you enough uh, for being a part of that and giving our family such a cool experience. And believe it, it was dang cool. The only thing I will say is, yes, you Texans, uh, believe the hype. Whenever I make fun of you guys, like, oh, I love going to Texas, but they're trying to kill me. Yo, you are admit that you're all trying to kill me. Again, hospitality is let me buy you a spare rib, okay? What you guys are doing is let me buy you 428 <laughs> spare ribs. I mean, they're great spare ribs is all I'll say. So if you were a part of it, thank you. If you were at the Country Tavern Friday night, uh, thank you for coming by and saying hello. We were just there to eat dinner, but we met a lot of Fox News fans while we were there. Uh, we were riding high. We were having a good time down there. Uh, but we are back in New York for our own safety for a few days before we get back on the road. And, yes, I should remind you, Friday night, December the 9th, Saturday night, December the 10th, we'll be at the Bricktown Comedy Club in Oklahoma City. Hey, girl. You can get tickets for that at BricktownComedy.com. The following week, December the 16th and Saturday, December the 17th, I will be at the Summit City Comedy Club in Fort Wayne. Tickets for that at Summit City Comedy. Com. You're probably going to see Jenny Fela at that one because she's supposed to be traveling with me uh, out that way because she's got a lot of family out there. You know, Jenny's family lives in Ohio. It's one of the reasons this show connects as well as it does in the heartland, in the flyover states, as they like to call you on the East Coast, is because I get that you guys are having all the fun. You know, you live in the air quote flyover states. The cost of living's better. The population isn't as huge. 
Okay, your quality of life is through the roof. You're riding high is the point. But nobody is riding higher than this next guest who not only wins re-election handily last week, but is Florida State Seminoles coming off a 38-3 blowout. Byron Donald's in the house. Hey, man. Now, Jimmy, didn't I tell you to bet Florida State? You Isn't did. that what I said? You did. Come you on des- now. You deserve credit. 38-3 to 3 up in the Carrier Dome. That's not nothing, man. You were, ma- you were making us money. I mean, this is what it's come to in the, in the Biden economy. I'm now relying on you for gambling tips to get people by. I mean, does it say is, the members of Congress is the only thing they can get right are betting lines? Is that it? <laughs> we're, in a, we're in a bad spot in this country, uh, but it's a very efficient way to do things. So first of all, two things. Number one, congratulations on your victory. Uh, well deserved. Yeah. Um, and, and I know that the people of Florida uh, made a great choice, as, as I tell you all the time. But number two, have you heard from my man Wesley Hunt out in Texas who declared he would be the best dressed guy in Congress upon him winning? First of all, Wesley can say that, but I'm telling you, man, the leader around here is still Greg Stubbe, my my neighbor to the north, man. I got to see if Wesley can really step up his game. You know, he does like, you know, the the pro wrestler bodybuilder power suit. He's got that game on lock, but Stubbe's still the best dressed in Congress, man. I got to reserve judgment till I see different. You know what it is? I, I'm, I'm, I, I told Wesley this. Wesley dresses like he's doing security for Stubbe. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that's actually pretty accurate. <laughs> I'm gonna give him that too. Next I told him that the last time he was on because he was yo, he was so hyped up on election day. And uh, you know, he was feeling good going in, but he, he needs to come down a peg on the fashion game. Cause I'm just telling you, you know, you get on you get on Capitol Hill, you gotta make friends, you gotta learn the ropes before you declare yourself Reggie Jackson, the straw that stirs the drink. You know what I'm saying? I would agree with that. But, I mean, look, I'm going to give Wesley his credit. Man, the man dresses nice. You know, he does his thing. Uh, but, man, you got Stubby right there. And, by the way, Van Drew out of New Jersey, don't mess around. Man's got the best shoe game in Congress. Jeff Van Telling Drew. You. I got to pass that Van on. Drew, yes, best shoe game in Congress. You heard it here first. I did not know. He was the Steve Madden of Congress. I'm going to straight down this Van Drew fella. Um, the two questions you're probably getting asked the most right now, you're running for House Conference Chair against Elise Stefanik. Is this correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay, cool. Now, on that, are we voting too soon? Should we wait till after Georgia? I don't know. You usually tell me these things, BD. I mean, look, that one, I'm going to let the leadership figure that out. I think that, uh, obviously, we want to see if we have an actual majority. And there are members got a lot of questions. You know, but if they make the decision to continue on, then, then they make that decision. I think the bigger question is, is what is our leadership going to look like? Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's the bigger question. But if the elections are tomorrow, then, you know, you just dance what we're bringing in and just go do it. So you're running the play they send into the huddle Um, on this. You know, obviously you're in the you're in the house. Do you see somebody stepping up to oppose McCarthy or are you just waiting for that play, too? I mean, right now, I mean, there's rumors about it, but nothing's really clear. Okay, because there's just a lot of stuff moving around right now. And that's it's just the way it is. You know, look, we're a results oriented business. Jimmy, and we don't have good results. And so members have a lot of questions. They're right. They're they're correct to have those questions. And we'll kind of see how the next couple of days go. Byron Donalds is on the line. If you're just joining us from the great state of Florida, a state, I might add, that counted all their votes in one day. Imagine that. Is it not a little ridiculous what's going on in Arizona and Nevada? Listen, man, it's embarrassing. And I think this is not Republicans say this is terrible. Democrats don't care. I think it's all across the board. You cannot be happy as an American and realize that it takes us this long to count 
votes. Like there's a meme going around that DeSantis builds roads faster than uh, some states uh, count ballots. I mean, (laughs) but that's crazy. Like we're the United States of America. We should be much better than this. And these states need to go change their rules. And I think that when these elections over, all the members of Congress need to be advocating to these states to clean it up and get it done the right way. This makes no sense. It shouldn't be going this long. Yeah, you know, I I say this to people. You know, if the shoe was on the other foot, uh, I I don't think anybody on the left would be happy. But, you know, the sad reality is if the Democrats hold on to their majorities at the tippy top of the state of Arizona, uh, nothing's going to change. So it's it's frustrating. But that is a cause, I can tell you, because I take so many calls on the show, man. Everybody is fired up about that one. Those are the two biggest things is speed up the votes. And, yes, you're going to be in a really tough spot the next two years in your own party because they're trying to figure out who's going to carry the torch in 2024. Have you been asked about Trump and DeSantis three million times? Uh, five million. Actually, that's the real number. Look, right now, look, 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 here's the deal, Jimmy. Right now, my focus is become the next conference chair for House Republicans. After that, then then the focus changes to who actually gets in the race. I mean, obviously, the big speculation is that uh, President Trump is going to announce tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We'll see if he actually follows through with that because, you know, he makes announcements and sometimes he decides to do it in his own time and that's his right, his prerogative. Mm-hmm. The next step after that is does anybody else even decide to get in? Yeah. And I actually believe we're months away from that. Yeah. So right now, I think everybody just needs to calm down. I know media loves the question, yep. but just calm down. Let's actually figure out what the House, the makeup of the House of Representatives is, because, you know, we have to do things like pass appropriations, figure out how to pay debt and so on and so forth. Let's, let's figure that out first. And 2024, trust me, it ain't going nowhere. We are going to deal with that in due time. It's coming, BD. Uh, Byron Donald's on the line from the 19th Congressional District of Florida. Be a buddy. Uh, Andy Biggs, by the way, said Trump should wait until after Georgia. Do you feel like he's overshadowing Georgia if he jumps in tomorrow? No, nah, I don't think. Honestly, I don't think so. I think that that's where people are like, you know, you have some voters who just have a, a Trump, you know, a Trump derangement like mm-hmm. reflex. But the reality is the issues facing our country have nothing to do with Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's for a lot of people in the punditry class who continue to push down this line, like, oh, my gosh, he's going to weigh on the minds of voters. I just think that's way too much. He's not on the ballot in Georgia. What's on the ballot in Georgia is are you going to have a Senate that has to try to work together, mm-hmm. or are you going to give more power to a Democrat party that has pushed the most radical set of economic and energy policies, let alone border security policies in the history of the nation? It's crazy. And I don't want to give them any more power than they, than they have right now. No, I agree. I mean, I I think, you know, people try to characterize the midterms as, you know, maybe we underachieved as a party. But I mean, thank God that the Republicans have the House of Representatives right now to be a check on that. Uh, I mean, really, thank just just for that alone. It it is a huge night. Uh, I don't mean to minimize it. But by the way, have you noticed, because we've discussed this double standard in the past, uh, the people on the tolerant and inclusive left not always using the most friendly, politically correct terms to describe our friend Herschel Walker up in Georgia. No, they're actually quite rude and disgusting when it comes to Herschel. And I find it interesting that they never seem to talk about Raphael Warnock, who, you know, is evicting people. Mm-hmm. Um, 
who are poor out of the apartment complex that are somewhat co-managed by his the church that he pastors um, because they want to raise the rents. They don't seem to talk about that. Um, I find that interesting. But we know, look, we know the media has an agenda. They're out of the closet. We understand that. Republicans need to be focused on Georgia. Let's get Herschel Walker across the line. We'll figure everything else out after that. I think that's fair. Okay, here's the last question. This is hard-hitting journalism sure. by me. Uh, Florida sure. State is playing Louisiana Lafayette, the raging Cajuns this weekend. Mm-hmm. I got to mm-hmm. think you like the Knowles in this game, no? I love the Knowles, but what's the line? Ooh, Josh, can you give me a line on that really quick? I'm on one of those blocked computers. Give Josh a look it up really quick. You know, it's fu- it's funny, BD. They have my yeah. computer in my studio blocked from certain sites. I guess I give off the vibe of a guy who's actually betting these games on the air. <laughs> <laughs> look, they got, look, man, they got to make sure they save you from yourself, man. You can't put out too much information across the airways. <laughs> like, I don't know about failing, man. This guy's uh, he's got some bad habits. I'm looking it up as we speak. I believe it was more than 20 because the line was huge last week. One second. We're pulling this into focus. But we got to know this stuff, BD. I mean, you have become our source for so much more than politics. You know, like, remember Cordell Slash Stewart on the Steelers? He could play, like, every position? Yeah. Yeah, you you almost like the Slash Stewart of Congress because you're giving us betting lines. You're giving us fashion advice. You're talking about procedures. We've given you a lot of nicknames on the show. I usually call you the Frank White of politics, but not everybody gets a Biggie Smalls reference. Uh, but of all the nicknames, uh, is, is Slash Stewart up there in the Pantheon? Nah, maybe not. Maybe not Slash. I see. I thought when you were talking about Frank White, some people might be talking about Christopher, Christopher Walken, King of New York, Frank White. Don't forget about Chris Walker when he did that. He yeah, was yeah. good. Oh, that was a real deal. So the line, by the way, is 23 yeah. and a half. The Knowles against the Raging Cajuns. 23 and a half points. Uh, they're at home. Uh, what do you I, have? I think that might be too many points. Wow. I think if the, line was, if the line was 18, I'd be like, yeah, give me all that. 23 it might be too high. But pay attention towards the end of the week and see how that line might be, be uh, bet down. Dude, you're so good. It's, a, it's not just like a pick. You know what I'm saying? Like you're giving real insight. You're really like you could be on like a Fox bet show if you weren't ripping it up in Congress. All right. Well, listen, listen. man, I'll be trying to tell them, man. I try to tell the producers over at Fox, man, tell Fox Sports to put me in the game. We could do segments. Yeah, no, we would dominate. All right. We'll work this out because I almost were. I'm not even kidding. I almost worked for the NFL on a Thursday night show when I first got started yeah. here. That's that's yeah. the long game. Me and you will have a sports show before it's all over. Just keep playing good ball, oh, right? Oh, man, I'm liking this, man. All right. Tell all right. Take it easy, Jimmy. Good stuff, my man. The, the great Byron Donalds, there he goes from the 19th Congressional District of Florida, says hold off on betting his Seminoles. I mean, this is a guy who's, like, genuinely looking out for you. He doesn't just get on and go, yeah, that's my team. Bet everything you have. you got to admire the restraint. Because a lot of politicians come on shows like this and, oh, you're my alma mater. I should say something nice about him. But Byron Donalds realizes that I legitimately have a gambling problem and that if you're listening to me, you might be betting these games. <laughs> so he actually shows some restraints, and you should appreciate that, okay? You've got the highest security clearance in all of talk radio, and it's not going anywhere. So don't you go anywhere. We're back after this. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience. Okay, so here's an easy pivot. They're playing Insane in the Brain by Cypress Hill which conjures up imagery of something I watched on MSNBC over the weekend. Here is Katie Turk saying that John Fetterman 
is a potential presidential candidate in 2024. <laughs> yeah, listen, man. When I say we're living in the death of shame, I am not here to mock John Fetterman's health condition. Okay, but it will take between now and 2024 for him to complete a sentence. The guy is a mess. Okay, there's no world where he's going to be campaigning. What is the slogan? Hello and good night, like he said at the debate. I mean, the guy's in bad shape. And I again, I don't begrudge him that there, but for the grace of God go I. But when you wonder, I mean, not that you do wonder at this point, it's almost become cliche to point out that the media is absurd. Okay, this is one of the reasons why the level of shameless shilling for candidates. And this is a troll. They know he can't run. They just know people on the right are going to react. I'm kind of taking the bait because what I do on this show is I allow you to stand behind the magician. A lot of people reacted to this clip as, oh, the Democrats, they think Fetterman's going to run again. Can you imagine being that crazy? That's not what they're doing. Okay, what they're doing is actively trolling the right. The media is a bunch of losers. And if you don't believe Lincoln Fela, here's Katie Turr, clip 24. Fetterman as a nominee at some point for president. Um, I know there's some variables, obviously. <laughs> but just a few. Just a few. But I just, you know, it, it, what he did in the, in the super red, deep red parts of Pennsylvania and the way that he ran ahead of Biden, as you were saying, ran ahead of Trump. I mean, it just makes, it makes you wonder about his future. I mean, come on, man. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. <laughs> what he just did in deep red Pennsylvania. Uh, get her out. Get her out of here. Are you kidding me? I mean, come on. I Listen, the guy won. Give him credit. Dr. Oz was a weak candidate. He didn't live in Pennsylvania. You know what else he didn't do during the general that election? He didn't appear on the show. Do you want to know why he didn't appear on the show? Because me and Mikey were down at CPAC. We met him in his press flack, and I was like, Mikey, this guy's a little bit of a scam. Like, I got an uneasy feeling. I didn't, I didn't feel that authenticity. Like, when you hear a lawmaker on my show, like you just heard Byron Donalds, it's because they're legitimate people. Like, Byron Donalds will make jokes. He'll talk fashion. He's not giving me talking points. He is not an actor. Okay, a lot of the guys I meet in politics are actors. Ergo, you hear them on the show once. You don't hear them a second time. The guys who come on my show repeatedly are the same guys off the air that they are on the air. Meaning if I wind up talking to them, their positions don't change. They don't try to gin up my audience. They're just real people. I didn't get the feeling Oz was. But one of the reasons Oz lost to Fetterman, again, think about this. A guy who needs a doctor lost to a doctor in Pennsylvania because the partisan divide runs so deep in this country that a lot of people are voting for their party no matter what their candidate happens to say or do. You know, and that's the problem in the Senate right now. You got a guy like Fetterman, he can't be in the Senate, sadly. He can't even process the questions you're asking the guy. The poor guy. But you're going to tell me with a straight face he's going to go out and be an actual candidate for president in the year 2024? Can you imagine being that stupid? No, and neither is Katie Turr to that, you know, to her credit. Okay, what she's being is a troll. But this is why people don't like the media. 
Okay, this is why people have gotten to such a hyper-partisan place at the same time, that if you listen to what Katie Turr said on the left, you might actually believe, oh, no, 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 he could run. No, no, he could, because they don't know better. There's no bigger low-information voter than the people on the left who were sold what? Vladimir Putin runs the government. Okay, abortion's going to get you thrown in prison for life. They just tell them anything to get their emotions worked up. Okay, and yes, they wind up voting. So in the end, it's effective. But if we're being honest about the people talking. Democrats are so full of crap. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And we're getting ready. It is a wild one right here in this hour of Fox Across America. Why? Because cable news super hunk Sean Duffy is coming by. He is a former congressman from the great state of Wisconsin. He is currently a a Fox News contributor who could very well be moonlighting as a Pert Plus model. I mean, this guy is this guy is handsome, I tell you. Have you ever had a check? Don't worry. Me and Jenny are still going steady. But the point is, I'm always excited to lay my eyes on that handsome Sean Duffy and have a grown up talk about the state of the union within the Republican Party. There are two things dominating the headlines in this hour. One is. Mike Pence made the media rounds yesterday. You may even see him on our show tomorrow. I'm not even kidding. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. We're working that out right now. But the former vice president went out and answered some honest questions about Donald Trump's actions in the aftermath of the 2020 election. And uh, we will play them for you here shortly. There's also this effort going on in the media now, which is so funny, by all the people who hated Trump, who told you he was literally Hitler for the last four years are now yelling and screaming at Republicans for wanting to choose somebody else. Why? Because if Trump goes away, so does all of their ratings. Correct the mundo. So it's really funny. Like, I had a clip last Friday I meant to play. I'll play it for you here. Here's David Jolly on MSNBC. And David Jolly saw there were polls out right now. Right now. There's a YouGov poll out right now, which says that if the election were held today, more Republicans prefer Ron DeSantis than they do Donald Trump. Wrong. It's actually not wrong. Okay, we opened the phones to this last week. I don't want to devote an hour to it right now. We spent enough time on this last week, mainly because Trump started this ball rolling by attacking DeSantis and Glenn Youngkin and creating speculation that he was going to announce a bid for the White House tomorrow. Okay. But according to a YouGov poll, survey was taken after the midterms, published on Saturday, more Republicans and Republican-leaning independents now say they'd prefer DeSantis, 42 percent, as their 2024 nominee over Trump, who gets about 35 percent support. Now, to be honest with you, that's better for Trump than it was on our show. Okay, our show last week was about 90 to 12, 90 to 12 in favor of Ron DeSantis. That was the poll. We kept a tally. We had two undecideds and we had one Dan Crenshaw. Someone said, well, no, Trump, no DeSantis. Dan Crenshaw. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Fair question to ask that person, although we're not going to call them out by name. We're just giving them a hard time. But the truth is sentiments have shifted rather quickly in the Republican Party. People in the media notice it and they are horrified. Here is Morning Joe. Highest streaming television show in Guantanamo Bay right now. It's neck and neck with The View. Right now, Morning Joe back in the lead. Okay, this is how they interrogate the prisoners. You can't waterboard anymore. So you say, well, I'll tell you what, you better confess or we'll put on Joe and Mika. Here is Morning Joe David Jolly going in on DeSantis. Now, why are they going after DeSantis? Are you ready for it? 
okay? Because if Trump goes away, they got a big problem. All the people who told you they hate Trump also got rich off of hating him. So there's this weird dichotomy in the media. Half of the media wants him to stay because they get rich calling him Hitler and writing books about him. The other half of the media, which is the conservative media, they do realize he did a lot of good for the country. But they're also romantically invested in the storyline because if Trump gets back into power, they get into even more power and prominence themselves. What I've done is a guy who's new to this conversation, who came into this with no broadcasting acumen whatsoever. I am a former New York City cab driver. Is I process this through the lens that you do. We're just regular people. We're not hooked up in Washington. We're not super duper famous. I'm famous enough to get recognized at a Bucky's, which to me is I have that's it. I have peaked in life. <laughs> that's all I ever need. Uh, but the point is. I am a regular guy. But here is David Jolly freaking out about the fact that the regular guy won't have Trump around to be called Hitler every day. So what is he doing? He's training his fire on DeSantis. This is clip 18. The one component that this story is currently missing is Ron DeSantis has never taken the bait. I mean, I I think a lot of people are waiting to hear what is the posture of Ron DeSantis in this moment? Does he just say nice things about the president and move on? Because right now, look, he's got the hot hand. He doesn't need to engage in the scrum. Ron DeSantis is famously has a very glass jaw, fragile ego. You you get him on the ropes and you start to see a Ron DeSantis that is not the manufactured package you see today. How will Ron DeSantis respond? Such an idiot. This is pretty much the worst video ever made. You get Ron DeSantis on the ropes. He has a glass jaw. Wait, what? Have you ever watched Ron DeSantis dress down reporters when they come at him for stuff like COVID and lockdowns and everything in between and he just crushes them? Ron DeSantis flies into the storm better than anybody. That doesn't mean that he's my candidate. I'm all in on DeSantis. We're two years out. I don't think we need to make a decision right now. We started this conversation last week because I genuinely wanted to know what my audience thought. And my audience, by a margin of about eight to one, about eight to one, said they'd take DeSantis over Trump. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy. The media knows this and they're horrified, horrified because they turn everybody into Trump. Okay, whoever runs. John McCain was literally Hitler. Mitt Romney, if you remember, was going to put black people back in chains. That was Joe Biden's direct allegation at Howard University and HBCU. Said, you vote for Mitt Romney, he's going to put you back in chains. Come on, man. You talk about race baiting. The only thing Mitt Romney ever chained was his dog to the roof of his car. Do you remember that story about Seamus Romney getting crated on the roof of the station wagon while the family drove on vacation? And they tried to disparage him with that. I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the dog loved it. I mean, dog loves sticking its head out the window. I'm sure he got a kick out of being on the roof of the car. But one way or the other, I don't want the ASPCA on the phone. I can't really speak to that, so I'm not encouraging dog roof surfing. But what I'm telling you is the media treats everybody like Trump, but up until Trump, they've never had the ratings like they got off of Trump. Donald Trump to the media is Tony Montana in the movie Scarface. If you've seen the movie Scarface, you remember Tony Montana standing up in the restaurant at the end of the movie going, you need people like me so you could point your finger and say that's the bad guy. That's Trump. Well, say goodnight to the bad guy. It's the last time you're going to see a bad guy like this. That's what it is with Trump. They're freaking out. But people that are being objective in this moment, and I'll give Bill Maher credit for this. Bill Maher yelled and screamed about the Russian collusion hoax just like everybody else. He was completely full of it. But he's tried to tack towards the center because to be a successful comedian, to not be the joke itself, 
he realizes he needed to distance himself from a lot of the woke garbage on the left. Everything woke turns to Bill Maher, to his credit, was the one that pointed out the left was losing the country when it came to trans rights because not only were they erasing women, but they were erasing the biological differences between men and women. Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. So to Bill Maher's credit, he's trying in this moment to take a little bit of the uh, bile out of the media when it comes to Ron DeSantis, while at the same time obviously not embracing Ron DeSantis because he still knows where his gluten-free, locally sourced, non-GMO certified bread is buttered. Okay, here is a very careful, a very careful assessment of Ron DeSantis from Bill Maher, clip 23. The reason why I think DeSantis is so strong is because he can do both things. He can do the performance art that seems to have you so exercised to the base, most of which I don't really know if it's that damaging. He picks a fight with Disney. Does it really affect anybody? I mean, I read the don't say gay, which is not the name of the law. They called it the don't say gay law. It could have been called the let's do things in schools the way we did five years ago law. It really could have. So what I'm saying is he can do both that, but he, yes, he, he knows how to rile up the base. I agree. He's a politician. But he also can be a normal governor. In other words, after the storm, he can stand with President Biden like a normal governor does and work with him and then send some migrants to Martha's Vision. <laughs> you know, and that's a very powerful thing to have both those elements. It's not wrong. Okay, and I know he makes a joke about Martha's Vineyard, but the truth is what they view on the left as the, you know, the infringement upon decency when it comes to Martha's Vineyard is not the fact that 53 migrants got put on an air-conditioned bus. Okay, yeah, the Democrats hooting and howled about that. But did they say anything about the 50 migrants who suffocated in a tractor trailer? The answer would be no. DeSantis brought attention to that story, okay, in a way that forced Biden to at least pretend they were interested in policing the border. Have they? No. The head of CBP over the weekend, Christopher Magnus, has resigned. Mallorca should follow him right out the door because they have both been disgraceful when it comes to protecting our southern border. Certainly Mayorkas has. But the truth is DeSantis is a lethal candidate. The media recognizes that. So they're starting to trash him now because if Trump goes away, their ratings go away. Now, another guy who wants Trump to go away is Mike Pence. Okay, Mike Pence, who it's worth noting, is the reason Donald Trump is president. Okay, was president. You got to remember this. Okay, Mike Pence, by joining the Trump ticket, and that was Paul Manafort's work. At the time, Paul Manafort was the campaign manager. It was the last thing he did before he went off to prison. (laughs) It's just crazy to say that. But he made Mike Pence the candidate. The Trump family wanted it to be Chris Christie. But, of course, Chris Christie and Jared Kushner's dad had a little bit of a history. And the Kushner side of the brigade made sure Chris Christie wasn't the nominee. They appointed him the head of the Trump transition team. And hilariously, Chris Christie got fired after Trump won. Because like Trump and everybody else in the campaign, Chris Christie didn't think Trump was going to win. So he didn't have a transition team in place when he actually won the election. This could be a problem. It was a big problem. But the point is, Paul Manafort convinced him to take Mike Pence as his running mate. Why? Because Mike Pence brought the evangelical support to the Trump ticket. Trump had been married 
three times. Okay, evangelicals don't traditionally throw their support behind a guy who's been married three times and has been a Democrat at points in his life. But they did because they knew Mike Pence was a pro-life candidate and they took Mike Pence at his word that he would keep the pressure on Trump to fight for conservative values. And in truth, when you look at his Supreme Court appointments, when you look at what ultimately became the reversal of Roe versus Wade, Mike Pence and Donald Trump followed through on their collective promise to the evangelicals. They actually did. They might not have loved Trump's character. They might not have loved Trump's language. But Roe versus Wade isn't the thing right now. And that's because Donald Trump became the president, which only happened because Mike Pence was his vice president. You understand he is not consolidating that religious support without Mike Mike Pence. You cannot understate that in the conversation. Now, that being said, in the aftermath of January the 6th, when the crowd was yelling they wanted to kill Mike Pence, okay, when Trump was yelling Pence needs to do the right thing and overturn the election, Mike Pence didn't do that. And to be clear, Mike Pence couldn't do that. And he deserves credit and he deserves your respect for standing up in the face of as much pressure as he was facing. Here is Mike Pence talking about Trump's actions on January 6th. That's clip 14. In the middle of it all, you can see that the president has tweeted. 2.24 p.m., the president tweets, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done. It angered me. But I turned to my daughter, who was standing nearby, and I said, it doesn't take courage to break the law. It takes courage to uphold the law. I mean, the president's words were reckless. It was clear he decided to be part of the problem. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. I don't think so. I think Mike Pence, in doing what needed to be done in certifying the electoral vote count, he didn't have anything to overturn it. Do we think there was a lot of chicanery in the 2020 election? Of course we do. They voted in an unprecedented manner for the first time in our history. But do you understand if Donald Trump loses the popular vote by 10 million, okay, he loses the electoral vote count by the exact same margin he beat Hillary Clinton by. But Mike Pence gets up there and says, nope, it doesn't count. We're in the middle of an actual civil war, like we're in the middle of a real bad problem that I myself am not signing up for. Okay, not for myself, not for Lincoln, not for Jenny, not for your kids, not for your wife, not for your side chicks. However you roll, I don't care. I just want a safe, prosperous America. And in this instance, okay, we wouldn't have had one if Mike Pence didn't do what he was supposed to do on that day. Now, he was not rewarded for that behavior. Okay, the crowd was saying, let's hang the guy. And Trump, for all intents, you know, was fine with it. Okay, Pence was out, you know, in the Capitol hiding. He didn't know what was going on. But here's his take on it. Clip 15. Over the course of several hours, you spoke with the acting defense secretary. You spoke with the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Milley. I did. You spoke with the acting attorney general, Jeff Rosen, with the chief of Capitol Police. Where was the president in all this? David, I was at the Capitol. I wasn't at the White House. And when you learned later that he was watching all this unfold on TV? I can't, I can't account for what the president was doing that day. I was at a loading dock in the Capitol where a riot was taking place. But why wasn't he making these calls? Um, that'd be a good question for him. What you just said is a disgrace. I don't know. I actually think it is a good question for Trump. Pence should not be held uh, accountable for Trump's actions on that day, one day, one way or the other. Um, but I think this is the dichotomy in our politics right now, especially as it pertains to the Republican Party. 
Okay, there's a lot of Trump loyalists that are annihilating Mike Pence. Oh, Mike Pence shouldn't have treated Trump that way. And how that like, listen, Mike Pence is following the law. Number one, Mike Pence was almost hanged. Number two, number three, you can call Mike Pence anything you want. Okay, I'm not like a Mike Pence super fan. I don't know him personally. You can call him any name you want. But the one name you can't call Donald Trump without Mike Pence is president of the United States of America. Bingo. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's like it's a it's a game changer. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to the phones real quick. T is in Newton Falls, Ohio. Jenny Fallon territory. Yo, T. Jimmy, man, and Bama. How you doing? Better now. Better now. Um. T, you know you always you can sneak to the front of the line because you can play the Jenny Fallon card because you know she she was in Parma Heights when I met her. Yeah, um, that's what I hear. Yeah. The, <laughs> oh no, you're reading those bathroom walls for a good time call. Um, T, <laughs> stick with me, really quick. I got a minute to make this work. What do you do with Trump in 2024? Look, you got to make the point more. I think that he's going to be a lame duck. If he gets elected, if he gets elected by some miracle. Mm-hmm. So the guys like your buddy Dennis that works at the plaza that was kind of conflicted because he really likes Trump. Mm-hmm. He's got to understand he's going to be a lame duck. Yep. We don't know what's going to happen with Senate and House. We want somebody that's going to be able to run for eight years. Yeah. And, I, you know, who made the point the other day that it's never the first person, that, the front runner, that mm-hmm. ends up winning? Yep. I think you might see a Nikki Haley or a, Good or, point. a Scott. Yep. Either one of the Scots come up mm-hmm. and be the nominee. Yep. Which I'm I'm fine with. I think Nikki Haley would be really hard to beat. Yeah, she's she, hard nosed. She's got his policies. She's mm-hmm. a woman of color. Yep. She's got a you shot. Know? She's got a shot. Okay. And uh you know, it's nice to hear you referencing someone who's hard to beat, knowing you live so close to the Cleveland Browns who are anything but. I'm a Steelers fan. I'm oh. a, I was born in Newcastle, man. Oh, so, so I, you, I, I'm you a, and the I'm link, a man. link, man. Oh, no, then I know yeah, it well. Absolutely. All right. So congrats on your win yesterday, T. Let's do it again soon, brother. Uh, Brent is in Dallas, Texas, where we just came from. I believe I met Brent on Friday. Brent, did. is that true? You did, Jimmy. My man. Um, I'm, I've got a couple of things to say. First of all, I have to apologize to you. My wife, I think, brought you your first markers and then kept kept them coming uh, <laughs> oh and, the maker's mark yeah. yes she did yeah. she was wonderful uh, really quick i have 30 yeah. seconds before this commercial break just give me your top line thought brent well it really was just a compliment to you and how you performed uh friday oh, i was so impressed with how you you talked to everybody took pictures with everybody and you looked in the, in the eyes and listened I and do. I know you like to talk, but you you literally were a, a great listener as oh, well. Oh, Brent, I love you for that. Now i got to listen to a commercial. <laughs> wow. It is Fox Across America. With Jimmy Fallon. I couldn't be more excited to talk to this next guest. If I had one complaint, it's that he's not here in person, so I can't stare into his dreamy eyes. Cable news super hunk Sean Duffy on the line. Yo, Sean Duffy. 
Jimmy Winner, how are you doing? Hey, girl. Uh, I'm good, man. Hey, I just, <laughs> I just, I, I just got back from Texas, Duffy. I took the Failers on the road this weekend, and uh, Texans—they're the sweetest people you'll ever meet. But I always say they don't know the difference between hospitality and a hazing ritual. You know, there's <laughs> they, so much food, so much beer. Like at some point, like it's it's not nice. You know, it's nice in the beginning. Like the first drink they buy is nice. The fifty-fifth drink they buy you, I don't consider that nice. But I imagine you fit right in because you have that. You wear your cowboy boots. You had your jeans on. I, do, I don't know if you had like a Stetson or a cowboy hat that you wore too. You kind of you fit right in. You bet. You Good bet. question. We, we, we do, you had a stand up gig going on there. Is that what you were doing? Stand-up yeah, I was down doing a radio or? event and a public meet and greet, and I did some stand up Thursday night. You name it, Sean Duffy. You do it all. You're a jack of all trades, yep. a Jimmy of all trades. I love it. <laughs> hey, well, I will way, say, I, 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 are you are you going to be are you going to be at the Patriot Awards? You are right. Oh, You're you, doing live. You better broadcasting from there. Broadcast, and I'm doing stand up. It's going to be a wild one, man. I, I'm going to see you in person. Those dreamy eyes of yours. Oh, Sean Duffy, listen. I need as many. I'm not even kidding. I have said yes to things. Just because I need I need to stay out of the casino, whatever way possible. I have said yes to bussing tables at the steakhouse. I am parking cars Friday morning. Anything to keep me in a blackjack table separated because we never get along. Well, I don't get along with them either, but I have so much fun with yep. the destructive gambling that I do. Yep. And so I've been trying to like decrease my schedule. So I'm like, I need some time to gamble. <laughs> not smart. You're smarter than I am. You're like, hey, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to stay away from the blackjack tables. I'm like, I need more time, dude. I'm not I need only more time to come back from my first losses. Yeah, I'm not a dude. I'm not only am I doing like fox hits. I've said yes to people's wedding videos, whatever you need. You got a camera? I'm there. I'm hanging out. Keep, keep me out of the casino. Jimmy there, there it is. Um, one of the funniest things I saw, there's so much going on in media right now, but I really laughed, and I didn't really get to this much today on the show, but Elizabeth Warren and Nancy Pelosi were making the media rounds. And, of course, the Democrats did better in the midterms than anyone thought they were going to do, including themselves. Uh, but the Pelosi-Warren uh, you know, narrative is that Biden, all of this success is owed to Joe Biden, but last I checked, nobody campaigned with Joe Biden. So what is that, Sean Duffy? You speak fluent Washington. Uh, Why are they doing that? No, I think it's a really good point. So Joe Biden polls at 40 percent, Jimmy. Some have him at 42. Some have him at 38. And in the places that had the biggest races that, that we were following on election night, he polls at like 35. <laughs> so no, people don't like Joe Biden. They don't like his policies. And to give Joe Biden credit, it's like, you know, the, the old guy who can't communicate very well, mm-hmm. um, who's stumbling through his presidency, gets credit for the win. No, if Joe Biden gets the win, though, it's, it's that he did an effective job in demonizing Republicans and breeding fear into the Democrat voter. Right. He ran on semi-fascist. They're going to take abortion rights away from you in the Senate. Right. This yeah. is a state issue that the Supreme but it's the Senate's going to take it away. They, he, he went so far as to say democracy is at stake. You have to vote. <laughs> he did that well. But on the policy front, he's an absolute freaking disaster. And so people who voted for Democrats, they voted on fear. They didn't vote on Joe Biden. As he, Joe Biden mentioned, my kitchen table issues. They voted because my kitchen table issues are so great. And you haven't seen anything yet. Wait till my stuff is actually implemented. <laughs> it's going to get even better. I'm like, listen, we've seen the first tranche of Joe Biden, and it's horrible. Will you give us you know, two more years of Joe Biden? God help America. It's going to be disastrous. But you know what? You get what you vote for. I look at New York City. Mm-hmm. They voted for Cassie Hochul. 
Good for you. You guys want crime? You guys want to get abused in the subway? You want to get beat up on the streets? So be it. You guys get what you want. Stop complaining. Stop <laughs> complaining about the crime because you all vote for it. That's what you want. Um, send me back to Wisconsin. <laughs> Sean Duffy is on the line. He's offering pizza and beer to anybody who wants to pack up the Duffies. Now, you need to know you'll, you'll be packing a lot of children's toys, a lot more boxes than the regular house. So you guys are up to 35 kids, I believe? Right. I think we drive around in the little, the little short yellow bus. That's the Duffy family. The yellow bus and the short one is what we go in. Because there's so many kids, Jimmy. I can't fit them all in one car. And I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm I'm not going to buy the Catholic van, you know, like the, yeah. the stretch van that has like uh-huh. 30 seats in it. I can't do that. It's too much gas money for me. And it looks ridiculous. So I have a Suburban. And when they all go, Jimmy, I have to pay two cars. I'm a two-car family because there's 11 of us when I'm in full force. And you can't fit in a Suburban with 11 people that is, if you're doing it legally. It is, when you go to church sometimes, mm-hmm. I make them double, triple buckle. But <laughs> don't tell the cops. It is fascinating when you think that you and Rachel wound up on Fox News because you could have been on the show Hoarders. That hoarding kids, yeah. hoarding like like baby clothes for the next baby to come. Like I do a lot of hoarding. I hoard toys, yes, but not like. But now at my age, Jimmy, um, I'm I'm kind of like I think I've wound this thing down. The Catholic thing is it winds down at a certain age because you just can't do it, right? And so I'm like, here's the deal: I can start giving stuff away. And by the way, you know this. I think every parent knows this. When you have kids and you're young, you're like, I've got so much energy, I can do it. The older you get you realize it's a young person sport. <laughs> Having kids is a young person sport, which is why God probably said, when you get older, you can't have kids anymore because you're too damn old. You can't keep up with them. You don't have enough energy. Does it, doesn't it wind up that, you know, your youngest kids are raised by your oldest kids, essentially, because they're doing most of the policing? <laughs> they, that's what my older kids say. It's like, where do you all the work here? They complain about it. I'm like, that's the way it's supposed to be in big families. The old ones raise the young ones, and mom and dad take more time off. No, it's so. But true. I can tell. So, but here's what's interesting. So, we'll do like if we do some hits for Fox, people are like, "Who's with your kids? Don't you watch your?" I'm like, "Listen, what you what looks like a studio in New York is actually my basement in my house because we got a studio. It's like yeah, yeah. the kid. If you actually listen close enough, you can hear the kids screaming upstairs or 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 fighting or the dog barking." Um, so oftentimes we're at home when we do that and people don't, with the technology and COVID, it's it's more acceptable to be able to do hits from, you know, all kinds of places. Mm -hmm. So it actually has worked out really well family-wise to to be able to do, do Fox Mm -hmm. and, you know, be, be from, be from home. Now, Rachel can't do that on the weekend show, right? She has to go in Mm -hmm. and hang out with Will and Pete, but. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes you can do it from home, which you know, Jimmy. You yep. probably, Are you at home right now or are you in the studio? No, I'm in the know. studio. Do you want to hear a funny story I've told at some of my events? This is a true story. So I was doing uh, Fox from home. I was doing a Cavuto hit once. And just as they connected me to Neil to go live, the audio went out in my earpiece. But we're now on live TV. I can see myself in the monitor. So I yelled to my son Lincoln in the next room to put on Fox News in the living room and crank the volume. And, yes, there'll be a delay, but at least I'll hear what Neil is talking about. So Neil puts on Fox downstairs. uh, Excuse me. Lincoln puts on Fox downstairs, cranks the volume. I can hear the tail end of Cavuto's question to me. So I make a joke about my outfit, respond to the question. And then as Neil moves along in the conversation, you can actually see me pick up my phone in the middle of a TV hit and start texting because my son Lincoln (laughs) changed the channel. He changed the channel. So, so you listen to some some interview on CNN? No, I'm listening to it was it was ESPN. Somebody was talking about Aaron Judge's contract. I'm like, I don't think Cavuto's asking me Yankees questions at 11 a.m. on a Saturday. 
And well, I, have, I thought you were going to tell me that, that your actual audio worked and Neil could hear you yelling at your son, hey, turn on Neil Cavuto <laughs> in the other room. No. And he's like, it's oh, trying, tra- trying to save the feed. But you get it, Sean Duffy. The point is, you well, know, there's a lot of logistical hurdles to being the cable news super hunks that we are. That's all I'm trying to say. Well, um, well there is. And, and, and the bottom line for you, though, is that you um, – you were able to, you know, do the hit, and then you got a story out of it for the great stand-up comedy that you do around America, Boom. and that you bless cities around America with the stand-up act. Which, by the way, the first time I saw you do stand-up, and I'm sorry to say this, that I didn't see it earlier, but when you did, when you did uh, uh, Fox News, the the New Year special, oh. Rachel was there as well, and it was it was fantastic. Duffy. Jimmy, it was fantastic. It was great. It was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. It was appropriate for my my virgin ears, um, <laughs> clean, if you will. So no, listen, I, I, listen. I'm a huge I'm a huge fan. Oh, so. Duffy. Well, the nice thing about doing stand up on live TV is, is just knowing you could end your whole career with one joke. Right. It's, it's so exciting. I'm like, thanks. Can we pre tape no. this? This is crazy. No, no, no pressure, right? No, nothing so not, at all. Right. So not only do you have the crowd you have to get going, but you got to make sure that this is going to actually, you know, translate onto TV as well. Which, by the way, it did because I was watching oh, live. Yeah. I stayed up and I was, I was drinking wine and I put the kids to bed and and I watched you uh, go live. Are you doing it? By the way, are you doing it again this year? In I, I can neither Nashville? confirm nor deny until uh, formal <laughs> press releases go out. I have heard that there's a New Year's broadcast. Uh, is as far as I will take it in the conversation in this moment, Sean Duffy. You uh, are so you are so appropriate in your in, in what information you'll d- 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 divulge to us. But well, I hope that you're there. Oh. If it is, if it so happens to be in Tennessee uh, on New Year's, <laughs> I do hope that you're there with your fine stand-up comedy because it was great last. All right, I might be there more than once. You never know. Let me ask you this, okay? Right now, what is here, there's been a big Republican civil war. This is the only question I wanted to ask you about the fact that Trump might announce his candidacy tomorrow. I've had sitting congressmen on this show, of which you were a former congressman, and a fine one at that. I have had sitting congressmen say they wish Trump would at least wait until the Herschel Walker runoff. Is there any chance that's going to happen, or do you think he's really launching tomorrow? Yeah, no, that's that's not going to not happen. He's going to announce tomorrow, right? Um, That's that's that that secret of Trump announcing is is closely held as your secret about going to the New Year celebration. (laughs) That's 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 that kind of secret. No, he's going to announce it. Here's the here's listen. I love Donald Trump and I love what he's done for the country. But when you look, get a look at, am I being effective in winning races? Mm -hmm. And if you're not being effective in winning races, you know whether it was in 2018 or 2020 or now in 22. You have to say, okay, maybe I have to play this a little bit differently. And I don't. I think Donald Trump announcing, listen, he gets to make that call. That's his decision. Mm-hmm. I do think, though, Herschel Walker and the guys in Georgia have to make a decision. Is it helpful to bring Donald Trump in and do rallies for us and partake in um, in this, you know, Senate runoff, or is it hurtful? Mm-hmm. And if it's hurtful, you got to stay out and you got to listen mm-hmm. to the people on the ground because they know the state. And the electorate better than you do. And you just gotta you gotta listen to people and be willing to help if they want you, be willing to stay away if it's gonna hurt, you know, the the the, the chances of, of Walker. And I hope that Trump will do that. Yeah. Um as we kind of roll in. Because again, a fifty a fifty fifty split in the Senate means Democrats still have control. But the map in twenty twenty four, Jimmy, mm-hmm. is great for Republicans. They're going to take the Senate back in twenty twenty four. Okay. Even if it's a tougher year, they're gonna win. I'm not so sure we're gonna take the House back a couple of seats. It looks that way. Yeah. Republicans could lose the lose the House in two years. Yeah. But they will win the Senate. 
Oh, which um, is not and, nothing. And one more seat is meaningful mm-hmm. in that effort in two years, which is why Georgia is still so important, though you won't have the majority in the Senate, uh-huh. even if Herschel Walker wins. Folks, that's that's why you have Sean Duffy on your show, okay? In studio, you have him on for the aesthetics. You just It's just, you know, it's all shameful, gratuitous imagery. But over the phone, you get brilliant analysis to go with it, Sean Duffy. I'm almost glad that your fine looks did not distract from your su- superb <laughs> intellect, because in this instant, it's it shown through. From my brilliant commentary, Jimmy. Well, I appreciate that. And I look forward to seeing you in like two short days at the Patriot Doors. I'm gonna, you, you, you sent me a couple slots. If you have me twice in one week, I'm going to come on again on Thursday. Oh, but I'm not sure that. that your producers will allow that. No, no, we're going to do it, Duffy. Do. We're not like the regular I'm, shows where they have all these rules. You can't do one if you do the other. Duffy, you come on down, dude. We're hanging out. And I'm going to bring my superstar wife. You don't give a, a darn about me. I almost said a different word. You don't give a darn about me, but I'll bring Rachel. We'll do it together, the three of us. And you can you can do some marital counseling like you always do when we're together. Yeah, I, like I when we wait. do TV together, you flat out have now just punted <laughs> on your therapist. And you have me on TV with you and your wife. And I'm clearly working through marital issues. And no one wants to acknowledge it. I, I commend you for at least doing so in this moment. And I did, the sad thing is that you usually side with Rachel, not me. And I got to rethink how what we're doing. I'm going to pay you more money. I'm not paying you enough. Do you want to laugh? By the way, to take my. <laughs> yeah. People used to show when I was driving a cab. People used to do that. They used to get into the cab and like deal me in on their disagreements and stuff. And uh, I'm not kidding. I would always be like, who's paying for the ride? And then they'd laugh because, you know, I'd side with that guy. But in this instance, no, there is no payola. I just give you guys unvarnished feedback, and I'll be down in Florida doing exactly that. Although a word to the wise, okay, uh, my blood alcohol content in Florida is going to be off the charts. So I don't know that you're getting the best version of me, but you're getting a version. And for that, you should be thankful. Well, my, my mood will be dictated by how well I do at the blackjack table, so we'll, we'll both be in rare form. Hopefully yeah, I might be a little lightheaded. From, I might be a little lightheaded from selling pints of blood to pay off my gambling losses, but I'll be there. <laughs> Good stuff, Duff. I can't I'll, wait. I'll see you in Florida. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. My man, the great Sean Duffy. There he goes. There we go back after this. You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, you're really not supposed to close a radio show by taking a caller because heaven forbid they throw the whole thing off the rails. You just ended your show in a really bad spot. You know. But if there's anybody I trust to try to bring this thing home, it is my man Reese in Sheridan, Wyoming, listening on KROE. Yo, Reese! Mega dittos to you, my friend. How are you? Brother? I'm great. Uh, I gave you quite the buildup. What I wanted to know is you know things, Reese. You're out in Sheridan, Wyoming. Uh, we have a huge announcement scheduled for Mar-a-Lago the, tomorrow morning. Do you know what it's going to be? I don't know that Trump is going to announce his candidacy, candidacy tomorrow, and I don't think he is. Okay. I think it's going to be something around the Trump Media Technology Group, and he's going to support one person or another. Okay. But I think that... Uh, I think there's good things to come with Trump. I know the media hates him right now for all the different things that he had said, mm-hmm. but uh, there's good things to come from Trump. Okay. Are you with Lincoln Fela then? You want him to come back and do it again? 
I'm always with Lincoln. <laughs> Absolutely. Lincoln's a good dude. He's, he's Bucky's famous. People know who he is in Bucky's now. To me, that's the highest coronation of fame because I love Bucky's. So we'll take it. When are you coming out to the Cowboys State? Let me tell you something, pal. Uh, we're probably going to be there in the spring. We're way, i got to find my man Tommy B. over at Sheridan Media and work this out. Because I'm trying to make it. Uh, I won't make it to every market that carries the show because there's 125 of them at this point. I mean, listen to me. Uh, but I'm trying to get is to as many centrally located spots as I can. Because, like, when I do these events, Reese, like, I hang out. Like, an, a two-hour meet and greet winds up being five hours because I'll talk to people. I'll hear everybody's story. Because like, I genuinely mean it. Like when I say it's our show, like it's our show. You guys are shareholders. You have a voice in the boardroom. So even if some of you are slurring your speech from too many beers, uh, I'll still listen. Absolutely. And we got a lot of folks from Montana that pick up uh, the Sheridan Wyoming station. Do, do we ever. And I've heard from a lot of them, too. So we're going to work this out. Get your game face on. I will make an announcement on the show when it's official because uh, I actually am in the process of working things out out there. Uh, we just added another da- a date in Fargo and we go coming to Oklahoma City and Fort Wayne. There's a lot happening. The point is get your game face on, Reese. I got to go close the show and get on the television. All right, brother. You're the you best, have a great man. rest of your day. Thank you, brother. There he goes, the great Reese in Sheridan, Wyoming. Uh, there's a lot going on, folks. Uh, too much to even get to in the final 30 seconds of the show. What I would tell you is if you missed any of my TV hits today, you can go to the Fox Across America Facebook page, where I also posted my Saturday night hit with Dan Bongino. Me and DB did his show on Saturday night, and I put on my affordable stripper attire and made, made fun with it. And uh, we had a great time, so check it out. I will post the America's Newsroom hit as well. But either way you slice it, this show is over. Pay up and get out. We're back here tomorrow to figure out what Trump's doing at Mar-a-Lago. In the meantime, you be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a... Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.